Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. My name's Lewis Tomlinson and it is our first proper review show of the national season. Three days at Cheltenham. Hopefully now stuff's ramping up again. We'll be able to go back to two episodes a week. It should be enough for us to fill in with that. Uh, top action in Britain and in Ireland. To go through it all with me, of course, is the big man James Watson. How are we doing, mate? Pretty well. Uh, not a profitable weekend at Cheltenham, but a very enjoyable one. Uh, and looking forward to uh, this weekend's big action, which we'll talk about on Thursday. I am currently in a house with a in the in the next room there are four girls putting the Christmas tree up uh, and playing Christmas music quite loudly. Like by my reckoning, far too early. Yeah. First of all, second of all, I've got quite a a, a frustrating relationship with Christmas, me because I do like it. I like Christmas. I give Christmas an eight, a seven and a half out of ten. But because so many other people give Christmas a ten out of ten, I come across like I don't like it. <laughs> and everyone calls me a Grinch and makes me out to be a right mardy bastard. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas generally, I, I, just, I, I do like Christmas. It's just not... Well, I wouldn't put it up if I had my own house. Too much faff. The song currently is one I've never heard before, and it sounds like it's by a boy band, and it's it's frustrating me even more that they're not listening to the proper ones. What 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 what's a true classic? What's your favourite Christmas song? John Lennon, War Is Over. Of course it is. Of course it is. You big boring fart. Ha! What about you? Fairy tale of New York. You can't call you can't call me a boring fart. You you don't. John What's Lennon. The most Christmas song in the world. John Lennon. I'm not having. John, I, I, I don't even know why I asked, because I, I knew you were just going to answer John Lennon. God Man, was a God, what can I say? Uh, horses this weekend, though, Watson. Uh, I guess the big race on the Friday was the cross-country. Strange race. Obviously, key thing to take out of it, Tiger Hole. Never involved. Pulled up. Put away till the spring now. Up against the Easy's land. I mean, we'd have liked to have seen more. I think there's no denying that. Even giving lots of weight away. Kingswell Theatre, the women I've not mentioned yet. A fine one from him. Uh, a regular around this course and he did really well to get the job done. The Scudamore brothers, Michael and Tom, that involved there. A great running second as well from Boulder Breezy. For me, Jim, clearly the horse to take out going forward is Potter's Corner. Yes, uh, I, I think he's in everyone's notebooks. Um, staying on really well towards the end, warm to the task the further they went. Um, took a bit of time to warm to them fences, uh, which was obvious because some horses just don't click with them straight away. I know they have to have a trial over them uh, before they actually race over them. But obviously... Um, he, as he warmed to them, he uh, got better in the race, and the further they went, the better he was finishing. At one stage, I did think he was going to um, get there in the end. Uh, he was plugging on well, um, and you've certainly got to be the main eye catcher from that race. It's a pretty easy plan from hearing now for what they're going to do. That he'll probably run in that at the festival. Um, I'd probably be surprised if he uh, won't be surprised if he ran in the Grand National. So, f- fascinating. Sorry, Lou. Defending his crown. Yeah. yeah. Welsh national, cross country, and then on to the national. I would mean him defending his crown in terms of the virtual one. Oh. <laughs> You're right. I didn't really have... Obviously, his chances are there. Are obvious blatant for the national going forward with Potter's Corner. Really on my shortlist, or whilst I respected him before before Friday, he's now firmly a horse I want on my side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy's land. You'd expect him to improve from that. I don't think there's much else you can say other than disappointing in the circumstances, but it's not the be all and end all. Yeah, you'd like to see a bit more. 
yeah, Tiger Roll, mate, just not been anywhere near the level since won the National two years ago. <sighs> Something's going to have to spark him back into life, mate, although it is worth mentioning, you know, the first year he won the National, he was well down the field in a cross-country handicap earlier in the season. Obviously, the festival race is off-level weight, so that should suit him more, but really, off-level weight is still nowhere near here. Yeah, Tiger Roll quite clearly wasn't at his best, and uh, he was never jumping and never travelling, and it was quite sad to see, really, because we know the sort of champion he's been in in recent times, and he showed a bit of it in the flat race that he had in his reappearance at Navin. He just he never looked himself, and I know they're over in inadequate trips, but he just normally when he walks in a parade ring, you, you know he's there. He has a bit of a Stradivarius about him, um, and he's just not looked at it the last couple of times. But like you said, he was well Stradivarius without probably getting his manhood out. Sorry. Um, but we we saw that he was was towards the end of his tether and he regained his career and put it back on the right track um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he bounced back but it's all on this next run according to the old Aries yeah it's, it would be a shame I, I, we all want to see him go for the hat trick but I guess we all want to see him safe and sound as well Uh the best performance on Friday was Protectorate. I really like this gym. Stylishly coming away for the, of the, uh, in the novice chase over two and a half miles. Defeating Southfield Stone by 17 lengths. This is a horse who I feel is overpriced for the marsh. Still. Best price 25 to 1 at recording. Now I know obviously old violin is the same destination. This fella might be the second or third best. Obviously, there are nice types yet to come out. You know, Shantry House, I'd assume, will end up in the marsh, given that the same yard have Shishkin uh, for the Arkle. But I realise, I love the way out. He almost teased me Southfield Stone. True level. I then just went into turbo gear, pulled well clear again. Uh, the Skeletons have a bit of a weapon. Yeah, do you, do you think he was slightly, um, not, his performance was made to look a bit better than what it were, but maybe it was that was slightly a case that Southfield Stone didn't jump as well as him, really. Mossy Femme was running over what looked like, I thought, in a quick distance in the end, and Paint the Dream is, that that's what you sort of expect Paint the Dream to do. Do you not think it was a pretty weak race? I know, I know he did it. I know he did what he he beat what he had to beat, but I, I feel like I want to see him do it again in a better race before I look at him towards the match. He jumps very well. That's that's one positive. He, he's a very adequate jumper, and I'd also quite like him on from the front. They're both valid points. I think Southfield Stone. The criticism you could lay at him is he doesn't quicken particularly well. He's, I see Southfield Stone as more of a grinder than a horse with a turn of foot. But that, I guess that's almost why Protectorate looks so impressive, is because when Southfield Stone was asked to challenge, it, it was almost, I don't know, bring, bring it back to but on violin esque, I remember at, at Nasos too, when the horse grew level and he's like, really? Nah, lad. She said, oh, I mean. Mm, yeah, I get uh, He's. He's very, very good. He, he, you know, he wasn't a bad novice hurdler last season. You know, placed behind Harry Senior and King Rowland on trials day. Finished midfield in the Coral Cup, which is a fair enough run. Still a five-year-old. He's very, very good. The dipper than the marsh looks looks a sensible route. Might be. I mean, I'd expect him to arrive at Cheltenham. In March, unless Chantry House, who in that division is the one I fear most of the British contingent, I expect him to arrive at the Charlton Festival unbeaten over fences. Yeah, well, that's interesting. I, I'd be willing to just look at him one more time before um, before 
I start making a, a statement as bold as yours, and and that's not like me, but I just feel like there's something that he he can't something's going to beat him. I've just got a feeling. Fair enough, mate. The big handicap on the Friday was won by Magic Saint, who's long looked capable of winning better races than he has. You know, he he won the two mile handicap on Hennessy Day. Obviously, he won this this season. You know, went off, went off a, uh, very, very well fancied for the Grand Annual a couple of seasons ago as well. He's always looked the sort of also, you know, who should be winning Grand Annuals or Holborn Gold Cups. And he's he's done that very, very well. I hope Paul Nichols keeps him at two miles. Yeah, he's, he's like to step him up to two mile four, two mile five. We saw him running the uh, old Rowan, didn't we, early on? Uh, well, to, to really open his campaign for this season. Um, and he did run with credit in the bet Victor last season. Um, I know he was beaten quite a bit in the end, but a fifth in that's not too bad. Um, I, I agree with you. Two miles is, is where he should be. He always had him in control. And a, a, a stiffer two miles is probably in his favour, I suppose. A, a sharper two miles and Brian Carver's five-pound claim helped a lot. Um, he he won comfortably in the end, and what I thought was quite a nice race. Yes, spot on, mate. Good to see Fanny and Destraval as well run well. I really really liked him after his new brimming. Obviously, didn't didn't quite get the job done at Kempton next time out. But that that form arguably looks better now than it did then. You know, he's finished behind. Four horses that day who were all 150 plus animals, even though he was, you know, beaten six to four favourite. The fact he actually went off favourite for that off the back of a handicap win probably looks a bit silly in hindsight, even though I, I was definitely on the hype train with him at the time. Uh, the other graded race on the Friday was the high novices hurdle. Does he know, Jim? Nice type beating Wild Romance to Skelton's Mare. Yeah, he's quite likeable, isn't he? Um, and he's consistent, as we saw from last time, uh, when he, he won the, the other Ballymore race that wasn't a graded race. Um, he's just workmanlike, I think, and he'll probably enjoy these sorts of races throughout the season. Um, I, I, I'm not his biggest fan, and I know that He's won two nice races at Cheltenham and he's a bit on the rise, but he's not done a lot for me to make me think he's going to be one of the top, top novices of this season. I know this was a grade two, but I think it was a pretty weak renewal. I quite like the second in the end, Wild Romance. Um, I think possibly a step up in trip for Wild Romance. Well, I think that will be the thing uh, that they'll be going for next because he was um, quite towards the back of the field and um, he was getting going again, going up the hill towards the uh, to, towards the last. He was never going to catch Josie, no, but uh, he was warming up slowly. And I, I've been calling Wild well, Romance he, and I, I quite clearly know she's a she. So apologies there. Um, and she's been, she stayed on pretty well in the end. And I think a step up in trip would suit her more than. Than does he know? I know people were thinking that he might be a bit of an Albert Bartlett horse. I don't think he's slow. Does he? Does he know? But I feel like um, maybe the circumstances have fit him better in this situation. I think Pol- uh, Polish needs to brush up on his jumping. Grand Mogul was disappointed, and Grand Vizier isn't as good over jumps as he is on the flat. So it's a bit of a questionable race. But does he know was a good winner and? He's not one to keep on side, but he might pop up here and there in, in some nice races. Yeah, I'd agree with you about Wild Romance. you really impressed with that Phillies run there. The Saturday, the Triumph Hurdle trial, I got it very badly wrong. I was really, really keen on Hellred. Pulled up, uh, made a noise after the race, so there's a viable excuse there. But what a ride from Robbie Power on the winner duffel coat. Four in a row now. Yeah, very impressive by duffel coat. And the last two starts have been looking to oppose him and have been made to look a bit of a mug. Um, 
his uh, victory to win this was he, he stayed on better than normal juveniles do I thought um, normally you see a juvenile that they're all full of speed but this fella seems to have a bit of stamina in there as well um, I was counting my winnings with Adagio coming round the bend you know I've, I've fancied him on the preview pod that we did last week um, and I thought 8-1 to one was good value and I, I thought he comfortably home and hose but Duffel caught inch perfect ride by Robbie Power picked him up late on and won comfortably by five in the end um, he's a nice horse but I just have the feeling that there's something else better than him and that's no offence to him because he's been inch perfect so far this season but I just feel like there's something that's going to be slightly quicker or slightly speedier than him uh, and it certainly warrants his place towards the head of the triumph market, but I just feel like there's going to be something better than him. Yeah, look, it's, I say I, I wouldn't even have graded juvenile races until halfway through the season. Personally, uh, due to the fact that there could be some very, very poor winners of these these sorts of races, I, I, until I think the population of horse is enough to justify graded races, I wouldn't have them. And I don't think this early on in the season there are enough good juveniles out. Just my opinion. I know other people will disagree. Uh, but, look, he can't complain. He's, he, he's, he's bang there with the most impressive ones we've seen this season. Obviously, the same yard have Qualixios, who's been doing well at home in Ireland. He also, Jim, this, this is a, this is a belly little stat, accounts for four out of five of his sire's wins over uh, over the jumps. He's by Al Hebeyev. <laughs> That's a lovely little stat. And until Duffelcoat uh, started out hurdling this season, he'd only had uh, the one winner over the jumps, uh, which was, well, not even over the jumps, it was in a, it was in a Kilbegan bumper. <laughs> it's down the racing it's down on the racing post as the jumps win but uh, yeah four out of four uh, for the Hellheber it was a stallion and I wouldn't really be expecting to uh, be racking up winners at Cheltenham a horse who got beat in a Windsor Castle but we'll have that we'll have that Uh Storm Control Goodwin in the conditional jockey's handicap chase. Really had the best recent run of anything in the field with his third in the Bobby Renton. That was the strongest recent form going into the race. Never tried over further than two and a half bells. I saw the trip out very, very well under a really tidy conditional Richard Patrick. I'm surprised he's still claiming three pounds. Uh, the novice chased him over two miles. El Dorado Allen, the winner, would he have been had Gumball stayed on his feet? Yeah, Gumball were coming to the end of his tether. A lot of people said he wasn't, but I think he were. El Dorado Allen um, was improving. He wasn't being, he hadn't give every. Robbie Power hadn't give him everything yet. Hadn't pulled his whip through. And it's that fence two out at Cheltenham that stumbles so many novices, and we see it happen time and time again. It comes up so quickly. Um, round that bend that jockeys accelerate so much into it that the horse doesn't have time to even react to the fences there and we saw we'll talk, I'll talk about it later with the big breakaway uh, and, and what Robbie did at that fence but I just feel like Richard Johnson just probably went a bit too hell for leather going at it and he didn't have enough time it was great to see that he got back up and everything because there was a few moments where I got a bit worried um, even though I had backed Eldorado Allen um, and I think he won this pretty impressively and I know that Gum, if Gumball staying on his feet it would have been interesting but he beat the rest of the field by a fair whack in the end and they were all decent rivals um, looking like they're going to go to the Henry VIII next I think that's interesting that they'll go to such a tight track like that because I think he's got a bit of stamina I think 2 by 4 um, I think I was more impressed with Eldorado Allen than Protector Rat, and that's not without my lost in translation Colin Tizard hat on. Um, I just think he's a better... I know Protector Rat jumped really well, but Eldorado Allen was 
slick over them. Like Protector Rat was quite airy over a few, but I was impressed by the way he jumped. And I do think there's a bit of stamina on the side. I don't think he's an out-and-out two-miler. Um, I think two-mile form might be his trip. And I think he's a really, really nice prospect after winning this. Would you be aiming him at the Martian if you think he's a two-and-a-half-miler, Jim? I would. That's why I was interested to say after the race, Colin said um, that he's the best two-miler we've ever had. Now, I know they've probably not had that many good two-mile novice chasers, but... I think that there's a bit of stamina in in that side. And I know he's mostly been campaigned, well, he has been campaigned over two miles. But I've, I've got a feeling that that a, a, a two-mile form might be more up his street. I think the quicker they go, the better he'll, uh, better, better he'll jump. Fair enough, mate. Best price, 20 to 1 for the Arkle. At this stage, El Dorado, Alan, for the Marsh, Jim, best price 25. He's, he's priced up with a, a lot fewer bookies uh, for the Marsh. So I expect him to stay over two miles myself. Though I, can, I think he'd get two and a half, but I can see why they try him over two miles. I, I aren't as certain as you like to beat Gumball. I, I felt he was. I felt the leader was still going very, very well. But look, it's it's one of them where it's there's no point discussing it in depth because you know none of us know, <laughs> and it's never gonna. And it's it doesn't really make any difference. Uh, Fusel raffles just never really looked comfortable, and he done quite well in his first two chases. That's you know, had seventeen lengths on Gumball. At your toxic and obviously that horse stripping fitter this time but after two steps in the right direction a bit disappointed to see Fusel Raffles so little again yeah ju- jumped quite airy um, and it was a big disappointment in the race to see him it was quite clearly an underperformance maybe them three novice chases quite quickly have taken a bit more than uh, everyone thought out of him Um Hopefully he's all right and everything's come back well because he's a nice horse and um, I'd be willing to put a line to it. I, I, I think well we know he's a lot better than that, don't we? Yeah, I agree, mate. The big race of the weekend, the Paddy Power Gold Cup. I'm claiming this as a half victory because I had him in my free. Cool, Cody. It was twenty to one. Uh, when we recorded our preview show, ended up going off the 10 to 1 winner, ultra consistent spirit of the game, second, Al Dancer and Carto Rico, third and fourth. Strange race, Jim. Fell apart, sadly, not many of them got home. Enterprising ride from Tom O'Brien, though, and a deserved win for Cole Cody. Evan Williams has done a masterful job of him this season. Yeah, um, he's an he's a outstanding horse. Um, and it's mental that he's only nine. I feel like he's been around for years. Um, and like you said, Evan Williams has, has done a cracking job with him. Um, t- saw Tom O'Brien in, in the uh, greatest light. I, I think he's a really, really good jockey, Tom O'Brien. I, I just think he needs that big stable to just latch onto. I know he's on mostly with Philip Hobbs' horses, but I think he, he should be number one at some places. Um, I think he's a really, really top jockey, and it was good to see him in a, in a great light winning this Paddy Power. Um, like you said, it was slightly disappointing in the end. Um, yeah, Sanson is. Um, you're simply the bets. Uh, Slate houses. Mister Fishes probably didn't fire. Um, simply the bets was. It was a weird one, wasn't it? He just. He looked like half the horse he was last season. Like every time, normally he'd lead and. And then um, he'd get like he'd, he'd rally back, but they looked like there was no fight in him at all. Um, Mister Fisher was jumped poorly, I thought. Slate House was never really in the race. Uh, so Sarah Delac, sorry, um, he fell at the first, and who knows what would have happened with him. I didn't think Sansone jumped very well in the hole, to be honest. Um, he was travelling quite strongly going to three out and then he made a slight error and that, that sort of did it for him. His jumping was not as good as what I was hoping it to be. Um, 
spirit of the games, classic spirit of the games, running his heart out and just not having enough to get to Cole Cody in the end. Um, Carter Rico has outrun his odds at 150s and Sky Pirates done um, what Sky Pirate does. Um, travels really well, makes that massive mistake to out when he's absolutely cantering. Um, and then he just weakened towards the end. I'd I'd hate to be John Joe O'Neill with Sky Pirate. He's like single farm payment, but three times as worse. Um, it, it's <laughs> awful. Uh, imagine having to train Sky. But what, look, what was the other? Was it Lithic that was at Weatherby the other day? Imagine watching your gallops and having Sky Pirate and Lithic, two horses who quite clearly don't want to win. Um, it's oh, it must be awful. Poor John Joe. I mean, if if you've backed Sky, if you've backed Sky Pirate for that, because he was really, really well supported on the day, what were you expecting? <laughs> uh, no, I, I echo everything you said there, really, mate. A fine run from Al Dancer, Corto Rico. <laughs> Did I see talk of the national on Twitter from I think Tom Gretton's wife after? What for Corto Rico? Yes. That's interesting. Uh, uh, I'm not sure whether was it whether it was his life, but it was someone who seemingly had a uh, had a uh, connection with the Gretton Yard, and I weren't sure whether they were serious or not. And the fact that I weren't sure whether they were serious or not suggests to me it's probably a bad idea. But uh, <laughs> fair play to them if they do that. I mean, the word Sky Pirate is a is a good metaphor really for 2020 because the first two months, the first three months actually, I, f- I quite enjoyed and uh, they finished shite uh, Mr Fish is better than that Simply the Betsy is better than that Happy Diva wasn't out of it when she came down Sierra Delac, for a horse who is usually such a good jumper Sierra Delac's failed to complete on his last two starts yeah, it's, which, it's not like which is a strange, it? No, it's a strange one to have down in his record because his jumping is normally a strength for him. Uh, Slate House has never won a particularly good race. Uh, and St. Sonny drifted, drifted in the morning. He was a hard horse to assess and put an accurate mark on. 147 might have been asking a bit much. Yeah, probably was in the end looking at it. Um, I want, I'm not ruling him out though. I still think there's a bit of potential in him. Oh, I would not be shocked if he went and won the caveat. No, neither would I. And um, maybe even stepping down to two miles. I could see that. He's got pace. He does have pace. I am looking at Cool Cody because obviously he's still a novice. In the betting for some Cheltenham Festival novice chasers. Uh, he's not in the betting for the RSA. And for the Marsh. <laughs> he's. He's not in anything. No, he's not. He's, he's not in either of them. So I guess that suggests to me. Look, I know he's won this off 137. The general view is it was a a competitive, if slightly average, renewal of the Paddy Power. Sometimes, you know, your Paddy Power winners end up being grade one quality animals. Probably not the case this year, but a really enjoyable race to watch. The big handicaps are what we live for. Uh, apologies did, to everyone connected. Sorry, go on, mate. Did you hear what Heaven Williams said after the race? No, go on. Where's he going to go next? Everyone were asking. And he went, who cares? He's just won the Faddy Power. Go away. <laughs> what a quote that is. He's not wrong. He's not wrong and I'll give him that. And you've also bought me a little bit more time before I have to apologise to everyone connected to On The Blind Side for all the slagging off I've done of this house over the past few years. Uh, <laughs> you know what? He, he looked very, very decent. Always had an ability. I just found, I just found it very hard to get a grasp on. I don't, don't like the way he jumps fences, uh, but the ability is there, and it clearly remains. 
beating Mrs. Milner by her neck. Uh, the star of the weekend, simply. What a fantastic interview that was on ITV. Uh, finishing in third, to be fair, running at his usual solid race in fourth. Anything to add from that, Jim? No. Um, on the blind side, getting his act together. I used to think he didn't have much of a heart, but um, he, he showed a bit to beat Mrs. Milner. Um, you've put it up perfectly already, so no, not really. Yeah, the intermediate hurdle was won by stimulating some big disappointment from son of Camus, who was uh, never involved and pulled up. And the last race, Jim. <laughs> I knew you were waiting for this. I mean, are we allowed to say that Ishkara Lady won? Mm, no. Really? I think, I mean, if, if you even see the light and photo, it's blatant. Yeah, it it is fairly blatant, isn't it? Um, but that's the that's what they do. They when you run at this time of the year at half three, what more do you expect? Um, two nice mares, sadly, one of them got away with. Well, not sadly, but. Luckily, well, one got away with it. I mean, while we're on it, Jim, there's been three slightly shambolic turns of events at, you know, this weekend. On Thursday, I thought, well, Alex Ford, you know, failing to lay in on telly. That's human error. That could happen. He'll be gutted. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna slate that. Any more, any more than is necessary. Just saying, uh, what what a poor mistake to make. You know, people make mistakes every single day in every walk of life. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they're bigger than others. Alex sort with that again. I ain't gonna moan about that. It's human error. It happens. Cheltenham on Saturday, I think, makes us look amateurish and silly. Fontwell on Sunday is abysmal, atrocious, and we should be a laughing stock for having a man carrying signs wandering <laughs> across the course halfway through a race, confusing all the jockeys. And you know what, mate? I felt deflated after it. I genuinely felt deflated because I've enjoyed the racing this weekend so much. And then I see that at Fontwell, and then I just think, oh, this is so shit. Can't we have anything nice for once? Can't we have a good weekend of racing? We, you know, without trying to judge a photo, without trying to judge a photo finishing the pitch black, and then the day after, have a member of ground staff there <laughs> as the horses are careering towards him, carrying a sign telling them to go the other way. I mean, well done to well done to Jack Tudor for uh, for being the only man to to not follow the crowd there because technically Jack Tudor did follow you know did the right thing and followed the rules yeah. I understand the joke you know Paige, Paige Fullis has said that on the, the approach to the hurdle you know they saw the arrows because obviously they're reflective and on the run up to the hurdle they see this they see the hurdle they see the arrows they don't have the benefit of being close up to a judge time and distance they just think they're attached mm. You know, the only good thing to come out of that story is a Fontwell steward showing common sense and not banning anyone. So well done to the stewards at Fontwell. But to everyone else at Fontwell, sweet Jesus, what were you playing at? <laughs> oh, mate, I'm glad I've got that out of my system. Because I I tried tweeting about it yesterday, but I just couldn't properly articulate how angry it made me. So many things have to, so many things should be put in place before it gets to a point that there's a man carrying a sign halfway through a race. You know, <sighs> shambolic, shambolic. Cheltenham Sunday. <laughs> Rant over. Just about, mate. Something will probably, something daft will probably happen tomorrow, won't they? And I'll be back on my horse again. Where are we tomorrow? Fakenham. It's quite a good novice chase at Fakenham tomorrow as well. Happy go lucky. Uh, he's going to beat Getaway Trump. 
limited reserves are nice also for the, the Potter's Corner connections as well, making his chasing debut in that race. But, look, I'm sure it won't be too long, because it's not the first time. It's happened in the past 12 months after what happened in the London National. <laughs> Absolutely uh, disastrous. Cheltenham, though, Jim, what wasn't disastrous was the chasing debut over the big bay breakaway. I like this giraffe. He's beautiful, isn't he? His neck is phenomenal. Um, it's almost like, you know, sometimes you see a flat horse with a, like, he puts his head on the floor when he runs and he, he keeps quite like It's very low, isn't it? It's a weird head carriage, but I sort of like it. Um, yeah, with his big neck, if he'd have, uh, if he'd have gone a neck up on LS Belbo, it'd still have been called a dead heat. <laughs> oh, you tuned that one up perfectly. Um, it was a perfect uh, novice chase performance. Um, it's what we expected to see from him. We knew last year what he'd be this season, uh, and he seems to have improved on his performances last season. Um, jumped really well. I was mentioning that Robbie Power, um, what he did going towards the second last, which I quite liked, he put the brakes on completely on the big breakaway as they come round the bend, give him plenty of time to assess it and then go again. Um, there's plenty of time between your, two, your second and your last. I thought that was a really interesting move from him to do that um, because knowing how inexperienced he is, well, he won't be inexperienced at home, will he, but inexperienced on a track. Um, he was sort of just allowed to just fiddle his way over it and then he asked for that big one at the last and he, and he produced it. Uh, jump's really lovely. Um, slightly lazy, but that was probably because he didn't have anything good enough to go with him. Um, towards the back straight, had to get chivied along a few times. Won decisively. Very, very nice horse. And if you've got him for the RSA, um, Monkfish has got a race on his hands. I agree. I agree. It... Just just the one thing I'd like to see from the big breakaway before he couldn't have done anything more on chasing debut. Clearly got so much natural ability. Race is like he's half asleep. Hmm. And I'd just, I'd just like to see him kind of have to have a battle. Because I'm not sure how... Because I think he's just so naturally gifted and massive that the way he just kind of lollops through a race... He doesn't seem to me quite as switched on as a non-wireline. You know what I mean? Mm. Where, if you just have to shake the big breakaway up, I'm not quite sure whether he'd be able, you know, whether that reaction to, all oh, right, I've got to knuckle down there, now would be quite there as quickly as it will be with other horses. But that might just be the impression he gives, because like you've said, he's got a little bit of a strange way of going about things. Yeah, I think that's just the way he is. Um, Unorthodox rather than ungenuine. Yeah, I certainly I, don't I, think he's ungenuine. No, me neither. Me neither, to be fair. But I, I, I would like to see it just because I'd, I've, I've never quite seen him, seen anyone have to get properly serious with him. You know, yeah. Uh, Doc Prentro, fine chasing, starting second. He developed into a relatively likeable handicap hurdle last season and was good there. And the horse for me to take out of that race, obviously, apart from the winner, is a butcher said, who, he's got an all-hour of 139. I think that, I think that's fairly lenient at the minute if they don't put him up. He was travelling like, like the biggest threat to the winner where he made a hash of two out. Uh, Ultima horse for me in long term. I think that'll suit him right down to the ground. Ollie Murphy has got a horse I'm a fair fan of. Nothing else really from that race. Wonder Wolf of Windlesham, uh, well outclassed Soldier of Love. <sighs> Never really on a going day. Uh, a fantastic race. The next one uh, was a planter at Chapelstud. Handicap chase. Stay in chase, three and a half miles. And it pulled out an absolutely brilliant ding dong battle between two real favourites of ours, Ramsey's Dete and Yala Renke, well clear of Big River. Uh, Look, they're two horses you expect to see in the Grand National, and they both have chances. Just please don't punish them too much for this. Yeah, that's the only that's the only ask you've got to do. Um, two lovely horses, absolutely. You just enjoy watching. I didn't know to shout for it final furlong. 
I was like, I'm not really bothered who wins this because I, I, I like both of you. Um, well, I was I was cheering for a dead beat, mate. I was trying. To, <laughs> you love it. I was trying to get over. I was trying to get over Saturday nights and think, oh, can we can we swap them, please? <laughs> let, let both the boys win. <laughs> um, both Haydock specialists running outstandingly well around Cheltenham. It was great to see. Yarlow Enki just does what Yarlow Enki does, keeps galloping and his game as anything. Ramsey's Dete, we saw last season giving a novice hurdle campaign. This season, back over fences. Um, and we saw him running the French champion hurdle, I think, off the top of my head. Um, which I didn't think he ran too badly. He was given a very quiet ride and, and crept into the race. Um, but... Outstanding performances, like you said. I hope the handicapper doesn't budge him up too much. Ramsey's is only eight. You keep, I keep forgetting this. I feel like he's been around for years. I'd agree, I'd agree with that, mate. And in hindsight, very after time, but I ended up siding with Captain Drake in the race. Would have uh, ended up being my selection. But when he crossed the line, Ramsey's in front. And it said 11 to 2. I kind of looked at myself like, how have we let him go off that price? Because he was good in France. He was, he was the best of the four British representatives. Uh, to be fair, Agrippar, the world's end, and Klondorki and all around stinkers, to be fair. So that, that wasn't, that wasn't that hard. But he had a really good campaign last year. Fine record in this sort of race a season before. The only poor run he did was when he uh, disappointed in the national. And I think his reins broke. Or something, something went wrong with his tack. And he's, he's a hot, you know, I put him up for the national that season. He was one of my force, uh, uh, you know, to make the frame. Again, like Potter's Corner, definitely in mind again this season. I see no reason why he should be, why he shouldn't run better in the national this year. Yaller is a legend. <sighs> Disappointing from Discarama though, mate. Yeah, very disappointing. Race a lot differently to what he normally is. Normally held up towards the back and he'll creep. Um, he was quite keen and ridden more prominently um, towards the towards the end of the race. Normally he's sit and sit and sit and sit and sit, but uh, he didn't. Um, I think it was just an off day. He might get dropped a bit in the handicap. That'll probably be only the positive. Uh, and I'm sure he'll be back here for the festival for probably the ultimate or something along those lines. Yeah, mate. Uh, the slur chase. A lot to dissect from this. Put the kettle on again. Fair play, Henry de Bromhead. Fair play, Aidan Coleman. I keep underestimating her. I keep getting it wrong. Uh, bravely uh, overhauling Duke de Genève, who ran his first good race for a while, uh, for Paul Nicholl, who looks to have uh, got him back on track. Deffy de Soy. Awkward jump at the first, and then never really involved. And finished pulled up. We hope he's all all right. What did you make of this race, Jim? Yeah, like you said, it was a bit, um, a bit weird, wasn't it? I sort of thought the right was on the wall for Deffy as soon as he jumped the first. He sort of ballooned it, didn't he? And landed proper awkward. Um, and um, it wasn't nice to see. Put the kettle on just stayed on quite strongly towards the end to get the better of Duke de Geneva. I'm not entirely sure what to take of this race, apart from I, I don't think any of these horses in this race will be competitive in anything in the next coming weeks and, and months. I don't like any of them for the Champion Chase. I don't like uh, don't like them anything for the Tingle Creek. It's just pushed everything forward for the fact that Grenatine's going to win everything over two miles this season. I wouldn't rule it out, though, Jim. I I find it hard to really put the kettle on out now. Because she had to properly motor to calm down, uh, to close down Duke de Genève, who is a horse, admittedly, I've I've never been a huge fan of. You know, I thought he was an awful article that he was. And I thought he was genuinely exposed last season as not being as good as Bundoran. You know, I, I, I felt that Desert Orchid was the form of last season's article. And Bundoran was better than, you know, was a better horse than Duke de Genève. I could buy now, though, that last season the wheels had come off slightly and Paul Nichols has been to quick fit. 
<laughs> he's put on some new intermediates and he's away. Yeah, he it was a very, very enterprising ride from Harry Compton. And I, I thought he'd nicked it at some point. Defe. Look, first and foremost, we hope Paul sound. Because it was a bit of an awkward landing at the first. Whether he's done anything to himself that's caused that poor run uh, remains to be seen. It's a possibility. I mean, where do we go from here, though? To me, the, the obvious step is we go up in trip. Because mm. at least at least we know he's equally as good a two and a half miler, if not arguably better than he is over two miles. And the last twice over two miles, he's, he hasn't looked capable of winning anything. Shane, though, because I, you know, we double mapped him. We double mapped him. <laughs> we were so jinx. confident. We need to stop doing it to these horses because we're getting them injured now. Jesus, yeah. Uh, but no, say, hope it, hope it all sound. Uh, but, uh, and I won't be underestimating putting the kettle on again. Until she probably takes on Chuck and Poitras or Altior, and I'll say no, another another step too high, and then she'll probably win and make me look silly once again. Up the Wexford form. Uh, speaking of, I'm going to say Tim Pot Irish tracks. That's not what I, I can't say. That can I? That's unfair. Speaking of rural Irish tracks. Uh, the Shunter for Emmett Mullins winning the Great Wood off a of featherweight uh, from Ballyan, uh, yeah, from Ballyan being second. Obviously, you know, rated twenty six pounds different in terms in official figures, less than that obviously because of the long handicap uh, in the Great Wood. To Garrick third, Hunter's call fourth. Who was your each way pick, Jim? Uh, my lad Harambe, I still thought he was going all right when he fell. Uh, again, he's come down the last twice and I don't think he's a bad jumper. <laughs> what did you make of this, Jim? And I mean, first and foremost, before we analyse the race, is it bad that they shouldn't have won for racing, given that it was a non-trier a couple of months ago? <laughs> yeah, it's just add that to the list of controversy that happened this weekend. Um, he's won this quite comfortably in the end, doesn't he, beating some nice horses. Um, my two that I liked, Hunter's Call and Edward Stone. Um, I think Edward Stone, if he was just let go a bit later, maybe he would have been a bit more competitive. I think there's a big handicap in him somewhere. I think he's a major eye catcher in this. But back to the shunter. Um, stayed on really well. Quite impressive in the end. Well, what would you do with him now he's won this? Because you certainly can't have him down as being a champion hurdle horse, can you? Uh, just uh, I'll run him over four miles for the next six months till he drops to one ten, and then <laughs> he'll win the Great Wood again. <laughs> Fair. Um, it's it sort of disappointed in the end. Uh, Tegrek was reluctant down at the start and having a bit of a play around. Um, Hunter's called come there as if he was to win the race and just didn't have enough. Um, Maybe he just wasn't good enough uh, to win this. Um, he's getting on a bit now, and I know he's not had many runs, but maybe, maybe he just wasn't as as well in as as maybe I thought. Um, but Bally Andy's run well, um, kept on slowly. I never expected him to be winning this. I could best at best he could have been placed, but the shunts have done it well, uh, getting loads of weight off everyone. Um, but Edward Stone's the major one for the notebooks. I tell you what, though, mate, Bally Andy can win grade races again this season. Do you think, mate? He's, if you look at his last six runs, second in national, third in the Christmas hurdle, then he won the Champion Hurdle trial, eighth in the Champion Hurdle, which isn't woeful. Second behind a fantastically well handicapped Soul Royal in the Welsh Champion, and then he's bumped into. Uh, a plot job, if we'll be polite, uh, in the Greatwood. He can win grade twos. I think, you know, and Jesus Christ, grade ones last season were won by worse horses than him. I'd happily have Bally Andy over, over Cornerstone, mad over, you know, at any track over two miles. Fairs. 
Moving on from the Great Wood, another fantastic ride, Harry Bannister, uh, getting the job done on for pleasure in the Sharp Novices Hurdle, third time looking, not quick enough to reel him in. Another really, really strange race. Good ride from Bannister or bad ride from everyone else or, bad, or a bit of both? Yeah, uh, rode him to sleep, made all. Um, looked knackered coming, uh, coming over the last and I thought, oh, third time look, he's coming. But just never came there um, at all. And for pleasure, kept finding. Um, for pleasure, not going to be winning the Supreme. I'm going to make that quite clearly obvious. I don't think anything in this will be remotely near. Um but great front-running ride, questionable form. I agree. I agree. I don't think it was a a good race. Over in Ireland, Jim, I guess we'll start on the Sunday because we're here. The big one, the Morgiana, a lot to dissect from that. Abacadabras holding on from Sawa and Jason the Militant. Opinion seems very split on how to dissect this race, mate. How would you analyse it? Well, I bet we're going to disagree. I'll tell you that. Um, you're going to say that Samwa should have won, and I'm going to say Abacadabras um, deserved to win. Um, is that true? Uh, I'm not concrete, mate. I'm not concrete. I, I, I think some people are very, very firmly in the Samwa would definitely have won, and he's clearly a better horse than Abacadabras camp. I, my opinion at the minute is a little bit more the substance of custard rather than concrete. I'm fluid and open to ideas. <laughs> I tell uh, you, that, you've not, had some great Not in a sexual way. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I put a poll on Twitter yesterday uh, to see what my followers thought who would be the likely champion hurdle winner. Out of Abercrombie and Saltwater, and after 187 votes, uh, Saltwater is winning at 60-40. So you're, but you're in the 40 percent. Yeah, I, I think Abercrombie did a lot wrong, and I know people saying he got the run of the race, but maybe if he was just covered up a bit longer. I know he doesn't find as much when he's in front, but I feel like maybe he just hit the front too soon and he just kept galloping. Maybe he needed something to come alongside him to, to get him going again um, and I'm not, I'm not don't think Abacadabras is ungenuine I just think he's he likes to hear other horses around him which makes it sound awfully like I do think he's ungenuine but he's not um, he wasn't fluent with his jumping throughout I was quite disappointed with that and if anything I, that was what I was most impressed with last season was his jumping um, all out towards the end clung on I'd have Abacadabras to beat Samwa all day of the week, but I don't think uh, anything in this race will be winning the champion hurdle. Really? No, I don't think it will. I I don't think this is that good. I'm shocked you say that. Because you were mad keen on Abacadabras before the start of the season. And in two runs so far, Dan White was disappointing yet forgivable. This again, maybe things went better. Very, and look, whether you think Abercrombie have won anyway is a different argument. So, so well, things went worse for him than they did for Abercrombie. Mark Horse couldn't get him out in time, and he was closing. The the thing for me with the winner, Jim, is the flaws in his game from last season in that he looks a weak finisher don't appear to have changed. Anyone's criticism of Abacadabras in September would surely still be the same one now, and if not, they might be more critical of it. Because he travelled like the winner at Down Royal, and again... Look, the lines come in time for him here, you know, and it's it's a weird one because I don't think he doesn't try. I don't think he he, he shirks it in a way that Sky Pirate does. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just think that he gets. That's the title of the pod. Is Abacadabras the new Sky Pirate? Oh no! I mean, Jesus Christ! One Sky Pirate is enough for everyone, mate. But 
I, I feel like Abacadabras hits his top speed and he's it depletes a lot quicker than other horses do. If that makes sense, you know what I yeah. mean? He can accelerate to a really, really decent pace, but he can't sustain the pace for as long unless he's got something to almost take him into it, which is why I think, you know, the battle with Shishkin suited him so well. I don't think he was ideally suited by the way the race panned out either. I think Satwa was suited worse. I think Jason the Militant is a fantastically likeable horse who was unfortunately bollocks his mark for the county hurdle. Uh, which would have been the plan if he were mine this season. I think they both have chances of winning the champion hurdle. I think Sotwar is likelier to do it though. But I'm not, I am not firmly saying, like I've seen lots of people put on Twitter, Abacadabras will never beat Sotwar again. And uh, Liam, who follows us, Liam D, uh, tweeted uh, something absolutely brilliant, which I'll just get up now in in reply to my poll, which was, which to be fair, is absolutely spot on. If Abacadabras lapped Sotwar, came back, threw him up on his back and carried him over the line, racing Twitter would still crab Abacadabras and find a way to say Sotwar was the one to take from the race. <laughs> and even as a Sotwar fan, Liam is spot on. Because Abacadabras, you know, I guess weak finishing is a thing people don't like to see in a horse. And once you get accused of being a bit of a a bit of a softie or a bit of a shirker, uh, it becomes a hard thing for for some racing fans to forgive. I think that extent of Abercadabra's uh, deficiency in that department is over-exaggerated, but Saltwar did really, really well to get as close to him as he did in the circumstances, and I think he is likely to win the champion hurdle and the horses beat him here. Fair enough. Fascinating race to watch, though, even though I was on the wrong side of it. Uh also, on the Sunday in Ireland at Punchestown, we saw good wins for Pencil Full of Lead getting the better of latest exhibition. Really good jumping performance uh, from Gordon Elliott Sauce. Look, latest exhibition is one of the turf top 12. I thought he'd have got the job done here, but hes I, I feel like other people think he's better than I do. Uh, I, I, I find him, I find him very, very solid. But I, I, I just kind of think that the, the that gear that creates a champion, I don't think exists within him. Yeah, I, I sort of agree. We had a little discussion before the start of the season, didn't we, Lou? About um, did we think he'd, he'd take to three mile chasing as well? Uh, and we weren't sure. We we said we'd be happier with him over three mile hurdles, didn't we? Yeah, because that, that sort of boxing along, sort of getting behind the bridle, and you know, scrap your way for the last six furlongs. I think it really suit him. But it's when it's horses who can inject pace into races is what might see him struggle, in my opinion. Uh, the third from the Albert Battle also won on the card Fury Road. A little bit of a Mickey Mouse race, but he goes to the stairs this season and he's a genuine contender. He's very, very thin on the ground in Ireland at the minute. He could win, you know, Irish staying hurdles all day long. This year, Envoy Allen's younger brother, Fighter Allen, broke his maiden. Uh, Bill me up Buttercup, tried to throw the listed mare's hurdle away, just held on from Ellie May. On her first start hurdles for over a year. Really good race to watch that was and well done to build me a buttercup. Uh, and Gordon unleashed a good one in the bumper. Her hollow games, expensive point to point purchase. Very, very tidy victory with Jamie Codd on board. Saturday in Ireland, Jim punches Tower again. Asterian Folange. What did you make of his chasing debut? I, I didn't think it was too bad. Um, jumped slightly out to his right um, here and there the odd peck on landing it wasn't an inch perfect uh, performance but 
comfortable in the end. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they stay over two mile far with him this season. We saw him win for the first time over that distance at the weekend. But as a hurdler, he was mostly kept, well, he was kept at two mile. And he did win a point-to-point early on in his career as a three-year-old. Uh, as a three-year-old, sorry. Over three miles, sorry. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with him. It's clear that he's got quite a bit of pace. But it's also clear that... Also clear that uh, he can do it over uh, further. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. What would you do with him? Uh... Keep him going that way round. Yeah. And try and pick up races where we can. You're very limited if you can only go in one direction, aren't you? Yeah. I, I guess it'd be working back from the Punchestown grade ones. Yeah, because that's, that's, that's going to be his Cheltenham, isn't it? Yeah. I think the extent of his jumping errors were overstated. In some quarters, because it was quite drastic at the second last. Scratchy over one or two, but nothing, you know, not awful for a chasing debut. Uh, the horse in second, conflated, is going to be a nice one when they go into handicaps with him. Also, I guess in terms of the two-mile novice chasers, Felix Deji. I really like this horse, Jim. Getting the better of sizing pots, he dialed the star a bit flat in third. This is the one I'm most scared about from a Shishkin angle. Yeah. This is the best two mile novice chaser in Ireland, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a inspirational ride by Jack Kennedy, wasn't it? Um, he looked, well, he, he looked like he was beat with two to go, and um, he soon picked up and won fairly comfortably in the end, getting the better of sizing pots. He Darva Star was disappointing. I think even Ben Rubin was slightly disappointing. Um, I know he may, probably isn't up to uh, Felix Deji's level, but um, he'd been doing all right throughout the summer. Um, so that was slightly disappointing. Like you said, I, I, th- I think he's fascinating over two-mile novice chase this season. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him against Shishkin um, hopefully because um, I think that he won't be far away from him like you said yeah mate I, 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 I'm I a big fan of I'd have had the uh, prize the way around if it was me I'd, I was keen on Felix than Darvin Star going into this race and I, I think he's a genuine threat you know uh, the two mile Grade one, I guess the ones at Christmas in the Dublin Racing Festival look obvious targets for him. Punchestown's big handicap chase was won by Daily Tiger uh, for Sean Farnigan. One of the strongest handicaps you'll see in Ireland all season, that tornado fire. Castleborn West and Dunvegan filling the placings. Uh, Henry de Bromhead unleashed quite a decent looking novice hurdler in Holy Macapone. Later on the card, and the bumper was won by Gavin Cromwell's. Let's be clear about it. Who I think uh, our mate Liam Dyer has already mentioned. He's a very, very big fan of. Uh, drips and drabs earlier in the week, Jim. If there's anything you want to mention, Dior Kerr, who beat Monkfish over hurdles last season, fell on his chasing debut and got beat at Fairy House on Friday. That was probably slightly disappointing. Backerson turned over. Uh, Silos Emery in the Clonmel Oil. Silos Emery, I don't think he's a two and a half mile or back down to two miles. Should be his tip. Shattered Love beat Cabaret Queen in a Mare's listed chase. And your mate, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, managed to overhaul Silver Hallmark yeah, at Exeter on Wednesday. That was a right rallying performance and a cracking finish. Not the horses that we're expecting to be there uh, towards the finish. Well, the Fiddler on the Roof obviously was, but... Um, rallied towards the end and just got his head up on the line. It'd be interesting to see where they go with him this season. Um, I saw a bit of thing on something on Twitter about him going to be a wealthy national horse. I think that's a bit ludicrous. I think that was a bit of a joke because he looked very slow. Yeah. Well, I don't think he's that slow. Um, but he's certainly a nice horse. And, and another one from me on, on Wednesday air was Elvis Mayo. I thought he jumped horrendously and still won in, in what looks to be quite a nice race. 
Yeah, you're spot on with that. <laughs> Ellis Mail, I know Nick Alexander said he's, he's probably the best horse he's ever trained. And yet, uh, Jim, Jim isn't exaggerating it. Like you won't see a worse jumping performance and a horse still win. Uh, came home beating Seymour Lights by two lengths. But Elvis must have gave him about 15 with the number of errors he made on the way around and just general sloppiness. Uh, lots of raw ability for Nick to work with there, though. I'd also like to mention on Clonmel, uh, earlier on the card on the Thursday, James Motherway's horse. Look, it's attempted to be a Liverpool name, conquered all of Europe. If they were going to spell it properly, they wouldn't have been allowed the number of names, which means you've absolutely had to butcher it. Two of the words are spelled wrong. (laughs) And it's it's conquered all of Europe, which will be the only way I pronounce it from now on. Uh, He won on his debut uh, under rules. At 16 to 1 for the. Uh, what are they called? I, I, I know it. Often, I don't know it. I want to say Rob Cobb, but is that Manella Rindo's colours? Or the no, no, they're colours. Are they? Chrissy's dreams, Rob Cobb. The Rob Cobb colours, it is then. Uh, Betfair Chase this weekend. I'm sure Jim will be doing lots of talking about that. <laughs> Can't wait. Not long to go now. Thanks to everyone for tuning in to Turf Talk. Uh, this week we'll bring you the preview on Thursday hope you've enjoyed our little review show see you all again soon see you soon see you soon